Ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement. For regular viewers and listeners of AWI Pod, please do not be offended as this program contains good wrestling. everybody to another episode of Warren to Attitude. This is episode 22. I'm feeling 22 like Taylor Swift. I'm your host, Brent Piles at AWIPod on the Twitter gimmick. And with me as always from across the ocean and from the future, he is the ballroom brawler, disco dance, and dynamite stretching into third cut and have to play what folks he's more over than having a basement full of wrestlers. I bought a whole bunch of shoes. I'm so sorry for that. GA Wrestling Glenn Hattie Glenn, how you doing? No, I'm not. I'm dead jealous. I'd love a basement full of wrestlers. I'm slightly hotter than the last time we recorded. Uh, not too bad, thank you. That's good. That's good. So we had some football this weekend, didn't we, Glenn? We did. We certainly did. And it wasn't bad. It was moderately successful. It underachieved slightly. Um, Costa got 2-0 up, and then they took their foot off the accelerator a bit. And uh, the uh, Robin Hood gang managed to get back into it. It made me sweat out the last 10 minutes and plus stoppage time. Thank God yeah. there was only four minutes of stoppage time. I whoop. Yeah. What kind referee. Yeah, there's been some, there's been some games that have gone on for an extra quarter of an hour. And then, like, I've noticed in the Women's World Cup especially, like, you'll get 10, 12 minutes of stoppage time, and then they'll go past that. And you're looking at 16, yeah. 17 minutes, and I'm like, I thought we stopped at 12. <laughs> No, because something will happen within that 12 minutes, so they'll stop the clock again and then yeah. start it up. So you end up with it could be 20 minutes. The stoppage start is ridiculous. And they brought in a new rule this season. To save time last season, they had a thing where uh, the ball boys always had balls spare along the side. Yeah. So if the ball went out of play, they were giving it back straight away. Which meant that sometimes there were two balls on the pitches. So the players got used to be kicking the balls off the pitch and out the way so the game could continue. But this season, the FA or um, the Football League, who make all these rules, have decided that that is dissent. So if you kick a ball, even if it's a second one on the pitch, you're kicking the ball away, you are going to get booked for it. So they're actually wasting time. That's stupid. It is. That seems stupid. Yeah, I don't know how that helps. And then also, I watched Tottenham uh, getting a two-two draw with uh, with Brentford, yeah, which made me happy. Brentford is my second favorite Premier League team because my name is Brent, and they're Brentford, so it only yeah. makes sense, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They're sort of suck Spurs, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're sort of mine as well because uh, uh, my late partner's brother-in-law, he been a Brentford supporter since he was a boy. Hmm. And since I've known him, I've seen him come from the fourth tier down right through to the premiership. So, they got like an underdog spot inside your heart, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Arsenal were notorious for lending them players. And one of the players they lent them was a goalkeeper, Chesney. And when he went back to Arsenal after his time at Brentford, 
uh, Bob Wilson, who was the goalkeeping coach at the time, said to him, "How how was how was it for you at Brent? How 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 good was Brentford for you?" And he said, "It was a, it was how good I was for Brentford." <laughs> Minus, gentlemen, I guess. <laughs> my bro- yeah, but my brother-in-law said no lies. He said there was t- oh, he-, he saved us <laughs> that season. Yeah, yeah. Well, and your uh, your women's team also pulled out a big two-one win over Columbia. They uh, did that first goal that Columbia scored. I don't know how the fuck she scored that one. That was no. something. No, that was um. Yeah, still that's Mary Epps. I've seen it done to David Seaman a couple of times with South American opponents, but. Uh, Mary Epps is a decent keeper, and to get lobbed like that was a bit strange, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, they ended up winning 2-1, to one, like I said. The, the, yeah. Sometimes the ball fell just right. Fine. Yeah. I just need to get another drink. Ooh. You're going to get yourself another drink. There we go. Glenn is, Glenn is quenched his thirst, and we are ready to go. Well, I think that's going to be it for the soccer talk this week. Yeah. We'll get into more of that. Probably yeah. Friday night with the mayor, because he likes to talk about soccer, too. Um, I don't think Arsenal plays on this weekend. They play Sunday. Monday. Monday. Monday at three. That don't work for me, brother. No. (laughs) After three, I guess. But anyway, Glenn, like I said, that's enough about the soccer. Let's get into this. Another fine episode of Monday Night Raw. It was a very good episode. I enjoyed it. I think we're really starting to up. I think we're really starting to pick up some steam here. I can't. I'm listening to the, the audio book uh, Nitro by Guy Evans. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that the uh, million figures have gone down to the low million, like a million plus for Monday Night Raw in 1997. But uh, it shows obviously like this. I can't see why it dropped that low. <laughs> Maybe, maybe people were still reeling from those January episodes of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> uh, that was that was probably it. It was probably two, you know, all those all those dodgy ones, and then you've had two dodgy leading uh, uh, promo uh, episodes to not very good pay per views, mm-hmm. not yeah. the best pay per views. So that's probably why. Uh, obviously, at this time. WCW were knocking it out of the park. Yeah, On the, they didn't do anything wrong. Oh, tits up uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, they just, uh, they had, there weren't quite yet 48 members of the NWO just yet. So it's still going oh. <laughs> Anyway, so this episode of Raw is for us from April the 28th of 1997. It hailed from Omaha, Nebraska, in the Omaha Civic Auditorium, which is exactly 55 miles from where I live. Um, I've attended many wrestling events, a couple of wrestling events in Omaha, but I never saw any at the Omaha Civic Center. Um, Mm. This place was opened in 1954, and it was the hub for sports in Omaha, Nebraska for a long time. I'm bringing this straight from their Wikipedia page, Glenn. I didn't make that. It seated 10,960 people. I'm shocked that it held that much. It actually held Elvis's last concert on January 19, 1977, as he would die less than a month later. I actually, I actually knew that. Did you? Yeah, I actually knew that he was. He, his last concert was in Omaha. Don't know why I know that. It's one of those stupid things that is just in my head. It's like the reason why I know the lyrics to Johnny B. Bad's theme song. You don't know. What yeah. It is. yeah, yeah. Your, your information is useful. Mine isn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so they had many like wrestling challenges, WF superstars, they even had a Saturday night's main event in July of 1990, but it only held one pay-per-view, and that was in 1996. It was In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies. That's the the main event of that show was Diesel versus Shawn Michaels, and that was like, they had like a no-holds-barred match. And I think uh, Mad Dog Vashon was there, because Mad Dog Vashon is also from Omaha, and Diesel ripped his fake leg off, I think, because it was that same show. <laughs> As you would. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what someone does. And I usually tell you about like stuff and things you can do at this event center, but you can't do that, Glenn, because that shit got demolished in 2016. So it ain't there no more. It's just a grass field now. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, you never gave me football then. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot of soccer going on in Omaha, but maybe. <laughs> well, whatever so either type of football, it doesn't matter as long as you've got flat grass. That's true. That's true. I'm sure they are. From, we do have the College World Series in all the every year, so maybe there's some baseball going on there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, they start the show. They give us a kind of a recap of Stone Cold Steve Austin beating the crap out of Bret Hart, sent him to the hospital, um, which was a brilliant episode of Raw last week. We also even got the return of Brian Pillman. Mm. Uh, can I say, if our, any of our friends at WWE... <coughs> Are listening to this show? Please look at that jacket that Vince is wearing at the beginning of that show and merchandise them. I want one. Is it the Raw's War jacket? Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they don't sell those. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, those are some nice denim jackets. It's definitely the coolest thing Vince McMahon's ever worn. It certainly is. Yeah, <laughs> that's not saying much. Uh, <laughs> so we open the show and Brian Pillman is making his way down to the ring. Uh, I was going to make a clip of what he said, but he said a lot and he went on for a long time. So I didn't, um, and I'm not, no, I'm not like running it down or anything. It wasn't bad. It was a good promo and everything. It was just really, really long. It was long. Yeah. Dogs are going crazy. He, uh, he tells, he thinks, he says, everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I'm deeply, deeply religious. And I didn't know that about Brian Pillman. Did you? He's had a no. He's had a re- revelation, and so did I. That it suddenly got religious. <laughs> We've all had a revelation. Uh, <laughs> he wants everyone to lower their heads and pray for Bret Hart and for all the bloodthirsty fans in the United States, and for the complete destruction and annihilation of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he wants him to be stricken down tonight. When did Sean come back as born again? So that wouldn't have been after until after like he went away for his back injury and then came oh, back yeah. in like, 2002. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they weren't able to go at that then? No, not quite yet, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sean had found his Lord and Savior yet. Yeah, he was still using oh. drugs at this time. You're leaving that to Brian Pillman at this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he wants everyone to open their hearts and their minds for Bret Hart, and then that's when uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin shows up on the screen and he tells Brian Pillman, that he better pray that I don't come out there and kick your ass. My heart can't save you. Um, The film says, I'm not afraid of the devil, and he's going to turn the other cheek, and then he basically shows his ass to Snow Gold Steve Austin without pulling his pants down. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, thank God. So I was thinking, no, please don't, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) God rest his soul. I know what he was like. (laughs) <laughs> no, don't do. Pretty sure an ECW tried to whip out his dick and take a piss in the ring, didn't he? He did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Stone Cold starts coming down to the ring, uh, but it was a trap as Bulldog and Owen come from behind and they try to attack Austin, but Austin gets out of the ring and he escapes through the crowd. Uh, but we're not done praying, Glenn. We're going to keep on praying for Bret Hart. 
And we're all going to get need to get down on one knee and pray again. He asked the Bulldog if he wants to pray for anyone. Of course, Bulldog wants to pray for Brett. Then he asked Owen if Owen wants to pray for anyone. Of course, Owen says the same thing. They got to pray for Brett. But then we see Austin in the back, and he's looking for a weapon. And at first, he grabs a fucking axe. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's going to cut these motherfuckers' heads off. Which is logical. Yeah. The, the first thing you pick up is an axe. You don't then go and knock the head off of it just so you can go out there with an axe handle. Yeah, I thought it was strange. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was strange. Okay. And oh. then uh, he heads back out of the ring. He then chases him off this axe handle. And then he gets on, on the mic and he says one of my favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin lines. He says, I don't know where you're going to run to and you better give your soul to the Lord or somebody because your ass belongs to me. <laughs> I thought that was fucking great. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, Steve Austin's really coming into his own here now. Yeah, like not, not a lot sticks in my memory from the year of 1997, but I remember being at my friend's house and watching this Raw because we were both so jealous of all of our friends who got to go to the show, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. And so we were watching it at his house. And I will never forget when I heard Stone Cold Steve Austin say that. I was like, oh, my God, I love this man. (laughs) Yeah. So so they tell us Bret Hart's on his way to the arena and that we're going to see Rocky Maivia defend the Intercontinental Championship against Owen Hart. And the Bulldog will take on the Undertaker in the main event. And then we get more friends. Because the Undertaker's got so many friends, there's nothing possibly could go wrong there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. And then I guess that's our drinking game this week. Is I need you to take a drink every time that Brian Pillman is seen praying because it's a lot. Oh God, yeah. And then Glenn. Oh. Well, Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! It's Rockabilly versus Flash Funk. Did you notice something, though? That's not to show up Billy Billy Gunn's lack of... Rockabilly's lack of dance ability. He didn't have the Funkettes out there with him. Maybe that's why. They said he doesn't need anybody to upstage him anymore. He already can't dance. Yeah, that's it. Maybe they parted ways with the the Funkettes by this point. May well have. Yeah. Probably, after after the slam, he's basically said, "That's it. We're done. Thank you. Goodbye." Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, during this match, they show us that a Bret Hart has arrived in an ambulance. That's something I've never understood about wrestling: is why would a wrestler come to the building in, in an ambulance? Ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. He went out, and it's the same ambulance he went out in. Yeah. They drove it from wherever the fuck they were last week to Omaha. Uh, I'm sure you have. You know, it's not like over here, but it's all the national help, so it's all standardized. Although there's different companies now that are sort of getting in on the market. Over there, I, I'm sure it's all contracted out. So yeah, you yeah. have the same ambulance in Omaha as you had in Canada. Uh, well, so last week when Bret Hart got hurt, let's just put it, it was in Binghamton, New York. Oh, that was it, so- New York. You mean to fucking tell me <laughs> that they drove from Binghamton to fucking Omaha with Bret Hart in his wheelchair in the back of a fucking ambulance? No. 
<laughs> no one has ever came from New York to Omaha on purpose. No one's ever done that. Unless they were passing through. <laughs> and I'm sure we've seen that ambulance a few times in ambulance matches as well. Yeah, fucking probably. But yeah, I just thought And then when King questioned, he said he arrived in an ambulance. Vince said, of course. Like, why? The, of course. Every fucking week he arrives in an ambulance. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. Vince acted like that was a stupid question. <laughs> yeah. Well, this basically sums up this match. Although it wasn't bad, it is the match that if we were doing a watch along, we'd be talking about anything else during. Right. And it wasn't very long. Um, yeah. Rockabilly right. did hit a famous center during this match, which will be his finisher when he goes on to be, uh, you know, badass Billy Gunn. And then, I mean, I, it's always fun to watch Flash Funk. Flash Funk does do a lot of fun stuff when he's out there. Um, but Rockabilly dances, so anything that Rockabilly could done that was cool once he dances immediately ruins it because he sucks at dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Long Dunk Man, for some reason, when Rockabilly's got the upper hand, gets up on the apron for some reason. And so Rockabilly tries to throw Funk into the ring, the road, so Funk reverses it and sends uh, Rockabilly crashing into Honky Tonk Man, and then Funk rolls him up for the win. So Yeah, um, <laughs> pins him with a Hanukkah at 4 minutes 20 seconds. So, yep, marks with being short. Yeah, very short. And uh, so things aren't going very well for Rockabilly and Honky, the, tonk, uh, the Honky Tonk Man here. He's like one and two, I think, yeah. since he's debuted. Not only, not only does he keep losing, crowd are pissed flat with him. This gimmick is not getting over at all. Yeah, I mean, they're not booing. They're not cheering. They don't give a shit. No. No one in Omaha gives a shit. So uh, they do hit Flash Funk with the guitar over the head after the match was over. So that was the only cool so, thing. That yeah, the guitar full of talcum powder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was filled with the same stuff that was in Chainsaw Charlie's uh, mask thing. Or was it? It was like fuck pantyhose that was on his head. And then he had like yeah. baby powder in it. It was so weird. Yeah. Or covered the Yeti. Oh, y'all or the Yeti. I forgot about him. Goddamn time. So then you see the Heart Foundation there bringing Brett into the arena from the uh, the ambulance. And it looks like they're headed out to the arena. Vince tells us that because of what Austin did to Brett's knee, Brett had to have knee surgery. They even show like some weird footage of Brett's knee surgery. It didn't look like any kind of surgery I've ever seen. How about you? No, nor me. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> They're cleaning cobwebs out of somewhere. <laughs> That's about as, as effective knee surgery as Shawn Michaels had. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, he was criticizing Shawn Michaels for his. But I think Brett's is legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brett legitimately is injured at this point. Uh, and so Brett has said that he's glad that Brian Pillman is back praying, but it won't help at the fans of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He calls everyone hyenas. That's his new favorite thing now. We're all hyenas. Yeah. Austin, who is the scum of America and a hyena, and also everyone in the audience is part of Austin's pack of lousy hyenas. Yeah. So yeah. everyone's a hyena as far as he's concerned. Yeah, and every now and then, uh, a hyena sneaks in and it kills the king of the jungle, the lion. But they didn't kill me because I'm still here in a wheelchair. And uh, yeah, man, that's kind of <laughs> the chest of what Boy Hart says. And then he says, That ambulance that brought me to the arena that drove all the way from Binghamton, New York, 
That's a lot of gas money. And we're going to have it drive Stone Cold Steve Austin all the way back to Binghamton to New York. Okay, he didn't say that. He said that they were going to put Stone Cold Steve Austin in that ambulance. And that his days are numbered. And all of us people make him sick. I keep telling you, don't you hate how I keep telling you I'm the best. Well, that's how the rest of the realm feels about the USA. That's probably how they felt about all those goddamn commercials they were playing over here about how there was no way any other country could beat us in the World Cup, and that really fucking worked out, didn't it? <laughs> I'm sure, I don't know if they show those where you live, but they had a lot of ads over here about, you know, instead of people saying, nice to meet you, it was nice to beat you, and I was like, why are we doing that? Oh, yeah, they do it over here as well. And it's really started ramping up now. You think, stop it. All you're doing is cursing them. Right, just shut up. Yeah. Yeah, and then they also let us know that Henry Godwin took a, a doomsday device from LOD on Shotgun Saturday Night, landed right on his fucking head, and now he's got a broken neck. And then they show Austin walking around the back. He's asking where the first aid room is, which is something. And then, do you remember that weird promo package with Grandma losing his mind? Yeah, our Grandpa. Sorry, it wasn't Grandma. Yeah. He's dressing up like Vader and, and mankind, said, walk around the house scaring the kids and shit. I, I can't understand what. All of a sudden, they started getting these ads. Yeah, very strange stuff. There was another one later on with like a little kid in it that I thought was mildly entertaining, but this one was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I didn't get it. Um, so the next match, Glenn, is it's the LLD, but they're taking on a team that we've not seen in a while. It's Furnace and LaFawn. One of your favorite tag teams, Glenn. Yes. Yeah. And to be fair, they didn't have to do a good promo to start this off. Yeah, but it was it was terrible, but it was good because it was honest. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> there was nothing. As they say, there was no lies told in what they said. The way they said it was rubbish. <laughs> yeah, they, they're not good at delivering those. <laughs> no, but when they said we're oh, we're a good wrestling team, but nobody wants a wrestling team. They want clowns and acrobats. They kept mentioning that, oh, these teams get a, a home field advantage every week. And yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, then, but when they face Owen Hart and the Bulldog, the Bulldog and Owen are heels, right? Not baby faces. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the fans weren't cheering for them, so. Oh. Uh -huh. There's a hole in their story there, Glenn. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, so we get a big LOD uh, chant from the, the Omaha crowd here. This match wasn't bad, and I do think in, under different circumstances that these two teams could have a really good match together. This one just wasn't very long. They just didn't have a lot of time. No, and I just wish they hadn't shown poor old Henry Godwin getting his zip broken at the beginning of it. Just see you sitting there through it going, don't break anybody else, please. And they didn't even do, like, they went for the, the Doomsday device, but then it got, like, broken up, and then Hawkins yeah. said, like, Top rope clothesline on uh, Furnace <laughs> for the pin, and I'm not even sure if Furnace ever got tagged in. No, I don't think he did. No, it was so quickly, and I, it was either Vince or Jr. was questioning, like, he's a legal man. Yeah, <laughs> and Vince said, and from there, and then they, yeah, yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah, so LOD gets the win. Uh, Jr. gets in the ring to talk to Furnace and Lafon. I don't know why they had to talk again. They said exactly the same thing pretty much as yeah. they promo before. They want a rematch and they want it soon. Mm. Right. Um, and then talking about pro promos, that Ahmed is ready to go get red, get crazy. I mean, get crazy. He went crazy. First he apologized and then he was like, what am I apologizing for? You guys, <laughs> you guys are trying to fight me? I'm a gang member. 
<laughs> he said it. I'm not making that up. He said he was a gang member. I didn't say it. He oh, said it. He said it. <laughs> His blood pressure. Somebody better check it. <laughs> and then it was this, this I couldn't believe my eyes moment. The hearts are planning their strategy and it, it cuts. And there's Brian Pillman there, and he's blessing the Slammy Orts. Uh, yeah, it looked like he was praying to the gods of the Slammies. Is what it looked like. Yeah, it was. I was like, "What the fuck is he doing?" <laughs> yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was really funny too. Um, and then we get it's the Intercontinental Championship match. It's Owen Hart taking on Rocky Maivia. This is probably the best match on the show. Definitely. This was a really good match. Definitely definitely Rocky's best match so far. Yeah, I kind of, I think, when I watched this, I got more of the vibes of, you know, the Rock that you're used yeah. to seeing in the ring watching this match, and I have it all of the Rocky Maivia matches that he's done so far. And that's yeah. probably because he's got Owen Hart out there, and you can't find a better dance part, partner. Oh, no. I, 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 They probably, well before, before, before they had this match, basically decided, don't get technical. Sell your charisma. Don't get technical. Let me do all the technical stuff. Uh, yeah. And that's what came over. Yeah, definitely. Owen gets on the mic and he dedicates the match to his <laughs> brother Brett in that suite. Um, he also, of course, starts attacking Rocky before the bell rings. Rocky's got a little uh, facial hair here. He's got a, a little bit of a beard going, a little bit of a mustache there. Then Rocky starts with fight back with the clothes lying out the corner and goes straight to the arm drags. Yeah, hit a lot of good deep arm drags in this match, definitely. Would have, Ricky Steamboat would have been proud. Now, Owen fights back a little bit. He hits a, a beautiful missile drop kick, like picture-perfect missile drop kick off the top rope to Rocky here. I love, yeah, I love what this, this, thing, this sort of dynamic between Vince and the King. Uh, Vince is going on about Owen dedicating the match to Brent and the king goes to him. If Rocky uh, uh, dedicated that match to uh, his father, you'd be saying how wonderful he was. Well, that's true. Mm. That's true. Uh, Owen starts working on the knees. <clears throat> you put him into like an interesting submission hold, too. I don't even know what you would call that. No, <laughs> it was an ouch, my leg hurts. I think is what they call it. <laughs> Maybe. Rocky almost gets a pin with an inside cradle, but uh, Owen kicks out. The, the pace of the match was a little slower, but then I thought it would be, like I said, a decent match. We did see the Rock hit another rock bottom in this, and he actually went straight in for a pin after they did it, too, but wasn't enough to keep Owen down. Um, the finish comes when uh, the Rock looks like he's going to be uh, – he tries to throw a suplex, but Owen Hart is able to counter into a jackknife pinning combination, and he gets the one, two, three, and now Owen Hart is the new Intercontinental Champion. Um so, I mean, they got a lot of belts, Bulldog and Owen. They got the tag team yep. titles, the European title, the Intercontinental title. They're only missing one. Yeah, and at least they're finally putting this experiment with Rocky Maivia to bed. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think – I think Rocky's going to be off TV for a while, and I don't think we see him again until he joins the Nation of Domination. I might be wrong, but I think that's – Excellent. They then show Stone Steve Austin in the back, <laughs> wheeling through the backstage area in a wheelchair. That's right. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not going to say. 
which is very unstained, <laughs> stone cold like. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, he's in a wheelchair. Uh, we start the second hour uh, with Vince in the ring. He uh, brings out Stone Cold Steve Austin. He comes through the crowd. He's got a chair with him. Let's hear from old Stone Cold Steve Austin. What you got to do, Bret Hart, is wheel your little carcass down here, and I promise you, you have my word that I'll sit here and fight you wheel to wheel. I take that back. I ain't going to promise that. Because I'm a lying SOB, I'd come out of this wheelchair, stomp a mud hole in your ass, and walk it dry. The last thing you want to see is Stone Cold Steve Austin as a World Wrestling Federation champion. On May the 11th, The Undertaker, you will indeed see the coldest day in hell. Because come hell or high water, four, five, ten, fifteen, or twenty hearts, I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna whip the Undertaker's ass. You're looking at the next WWF champion, and that's the bottom line. Gustav Cold says so. You know that ambulance that I rode in tonight? Well, before the night is through, you will be riding in it all busted up in pieces, and that's the bottom line. If anybody's going in the ambulance, it's every one of your asses. The funniest thing about that Bret Hart thing is like he didn't like show up on the video board or pop out the you know up on the ramp. It was like the voice of God. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think they were supposed to have it on the screen and it didn't happen. Yeah, it was just so funny because it's like, is that Bret Hart or is that God? <laughs> yes, God. <laughs> and then we then we get a bit where I wish it hadn't happened. That Ken Shamrock vignette. Oh, yeah. This is something that they're going to start doing. Like, they do one for Ken Shamrock. They talk about how they're going to do one for Goldust next week. Um, and I don't think they do anybody any favors. You know what I'm saying? I don't oh. think it helps. No. He's supposed to be the world's most dangerous man. You don't want him to see him riding around on a horse. <laughs> right. Right. It was like, like uh, he's. We already know everything that we know about him is all we need to know. He's a badass. He's a fucking uh, he, a, a MMA fighter. He could kick your ass in a second. He'll rip your leg off and hand it to you. I don't need to know about his family life and his fucking kids. Why do I care? That's it. I suppose. I suppose the thing is because he's not very good at promos. They sure. basically said, "Well, we'll we'll fill it with this vignette rather than having talk." Yeah, but at the same time, he doesn't. He's fucking Ken Shamrock. Ain't not a whole lot he needs to say. You know what I'm no, saying? like Brock Lesnar doesn't cut twenty minute promos. Why? Because he's fucking Brock Lesnar. He doesn't need to. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not saying Ken Shamrock's Brock Lesnar, but for that time, he kind of fucking was. <laughs> so I, yeah, I didn't think he did anybody any favors. They didn't start talking about Vader. Um, they show him like you know punch in the air or whatever before they go to break, and then they come back and they talk about how he got locked up in Kuwait uh, again for you know, choking that guy by his tie, and then uh, they talk about the upcoming match with Ken Shamrock, and that's when they play the video package. Um, and so I guess we'll see where it goes. I mean, th this isn't when Vader comes out, is it? Yeah, well, you you, you get your your cue first. Oh, so yeah, so Double J is going to get out to the ring, uh, spinning his day, working hard on the go because his hand on the clock keeps spinning too slow. 
And nobody even in Nebraska cares about this hick ass gimmick. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody cares. No. <laughs> and like bad bad news bear Jesse James, I got some bad news because you're facing fucking Vader and he's fresh out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well pissed off. Yeah, he's not happy. <laughs> I'm sure the food in the Kuwaiti prison is not up to the standards of Vader. You know what I'm mean, saying? Yeah. I love it. This is started. This is just Jesse Chase. He's doing it, that stupid dancing clothesline thing he does. And all that does is make Vader even more pissed off. It just gets flattened. Yeah. Vader just beat the shit out of him. He hits the splash on the second rope. <laughs> He he goes for the pin but pulls him up on the two count and then he hits a Vader bomb and then he does and Jim Ross is livid about all this. He's pissed. Jim Ross is angry. And he wants to talk to Vader. He's gonna talk some sense into him. And let's listen to how that worked out for him. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, yeah. My, as far as remorse or regrets, I'm gonna say it to you one last time. I apologize for nothing. I apologize to no one. Big Mouth, you know what? I can finish that interview that I started over in Kuwait See with there? you right here and right now. Acting like an idiot. I'm not out here to be insulted by you or anybody. Not by him, not by you, not by the WWF, and certainly not by all these spoonheads out in the audience. <laughs> So yeah, he grabs JR by his by his jacket, pulls his glasses off, and he's about to whoop JR's ass. But luckily, Ken Shamrock comes out and hits the beautiful belly to belly suplex on Vader. Mm. He then gets on the mic and he tells it won't be Vader time, it's gonna be hard time. So he's he's now Nick the boss man's gimmick. <laughs> or Dusty Rhodes is somebody's. Yeah. <laughs> But then shows gold dust in the back putting his makeup on and he's got Rowena with him and he tells her, you're not going to the ring with me tonight because where I'm going is no place for a lady. And as as you know, Glenn, if you tell a woman she can't do something, she's pissed and she walks away. Yeah. <laughs> and why? She's been involved in every other single bit of this feud. Why is tonight not tonight? Yeah. Last week, y'all sat front row incognito and she started choking her with her fucking purse strap. Why didn't? Why you took her then? Why can't she come now? Yeah. <laughs> so, if like, you didn't want her to come out there, you should have said, yes, please come out there. Stay the whole time. Please get involved. Then she wouldn't have came. But since she said, don't come, she's going to be out here. So in case people hadn't guessed, it's Hunter herself versus Goldust yet again. And like, we've seen this like, what? Five times? Six times? Yeah. Oh, and, they, and they've never done like a no DQ or a cage match or fucking something. You figure, you figure by this point we'd be a stipulation match. You would think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's still not. Um, well, I suppose it was a, a DQ match this time. That's true. <laughs> Another DQ. Uh, again, it, it was pointless. This was just filling a spot on the card. And I don't like. I don't know what more this feud can do. Like, I just don't. Know it. Are they gonna do a mixed tag match? I don't know. I just don't. Most amusing bit of this was when uh, Marlena blinds China with the powder or whatever it was she threw at her, 
Are they trying to think Triple H is gold dust and picks him up by the throat? Now, now Hunter's not a small guy, and yet China's got him up there, throttling the life out of him. Like he was a child, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, they said it was a countout, but that was the fastest fucking countout I've ever seen. Surely it should have been a disqualification rather than a countout. See, like, and like, I felt like he started ringing the bell right when he sh- when she picked him up and choked him. That's when they started ringing the bell. Yeah. Which, but like, that's his manager. If his yeah. manager's choking him, I think that's fair game. Oh yeah, I suppose it is. <laughs> but yeah, so that means Glenn, we're gonna have to fucking see this again, aren't we? We are, unfortunately. And hopefully, it's a fucking stipulation match because it needs one. <laughs> yeah, it does. It needs a blow off. How about the loser never wrestles the winner again? I like that idea. That would be a good one. <laughs> we then get a promo from The Undertaker, and I thought this was really fucking cool, the way they had all the lights down, and then mm-hmm. you always see The Undertaker's picture on the screen. Everybody's got the lighters up. It was just a really fucking cool ambiance, I guess. It was really awesome. Um, and let's hear a little bit from what the dead man had to say. Yeah. Well, no man deserves to have the flesh burned from his face. But there is an old saying, the one who covets the flame ends up being burnt. Stone Cold Steve Austin, he seems to have quite a bit of momentum built up. But you understand this, Austin, if you come in distracted, you may leave in far worse shape than what a wheelchair will take you. Son, you may just rest in peace. Not one of his best efforts. I feel like that. That felt like it was like cut together. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, we then get uh, more Brian Pillman because um, that's just what we need. This time he's praying for the Undertaker to get injured by the British Bulldog. So yeah, I don't think that Brian Pillman gets the gets the whole forgiveness part of religion. I don't think he gets. Oh that. no, well, there's a lot that don't. And then we got another one of those weird videos, but this one was funny because it was like a little kid and he was like dressed up like Stone Cold Steve Austin and he's sassing his parents and I just thought it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't believe they pop, pop, pop them in there. I, and there was this first week that they've they've kept them in. Yeah. They're on network. Oh, well. And I have no memory of those at all. Like, mm. I don't remember those ever being on. So it's weird. Maybe, maybe this was the only episode. I don't know. Yeah. Vincey Austin pacing the backstage area, but then we start uh, the the main event, which is going to be the British Bulldog versus the Undertaker. The goddamn Hart Foundation got more belts than the Undisputed Era had NXT at this moment. Yeah, yeah. Dripping in gold, they got them all. If you count the two Slammies as well as all the belts, they've got quite a lot, quite a big trophy cabinet full there. Oh stuff. god, they have the worst time at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe not '97 because that was you know, plus that was pre 911 so they didn't really search your shit like that. But if they had to take all that shit nowadays, fuck, they'd have been in TSA for hours. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hours. Um, Bulldog, of course, gets on the mic before the match. Glenn, he's got to dedicate this match to the man who introduced him to his wife, his brother brother-in-law's inspiration, Brett the Hitman Hart, of course, Glenn. So yeah, cool. He's got to do it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, 
I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot to this match. Oh, the funniest part about the, the thing that Davey said is he goes, and I'm going to win the WWE championship for you, Brett, but this is a non-title match. Not much. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I, man. This should have been such a good match. Except most of it took up the break. Yep. They did like two things. They went to a break. They come back. Undertaker chokeslam Bulldog, and then Owen hits the ring. Yeah. And they start beating up on the Undertaker, and they, but they leave Bret Hart alone on the ramp. Uh, eventually, the Undertaker does get some help. The Stone Cold Steve Austin comes to the crowd, starts beating on Owen, and then you know um, Undertaker's beating on Bulldog, and then Owen goes through the crowd, and then Taker throws. Um, Taker throws Bulldog in the crowd. Austin's got the got Taker's belt though, and he's holding it up on the second rope. Undertaker sees this, doesn't like it. Doesn't matter because he gets a fucking Stone Cold Stunner for his efforts. <laughs> uh, but then Stone Cold Steve Austin got a little too big for his britches. Yeah, because Taker no sells the Stunner <laughs> choke snaps Austin. So we've actually got more action in it with these two. In this non-sanctioned match than we had during the main event. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and then so Austin like rolls out of the ring. He gets up and he he thinks he's gonna get back in there and fight the Undertaker, but then he turns around and notices that Bret Hart is up there all by his lonesome in his wheelchair. And uh he's not Austin's kind of tells Taker, I'll I'll worry about you later. And so he heads up to the uh to the to up the ramp. He's gonna you know kick Bret Hart's ass. He gets Bret Hart's wheelchair, but then out of nowhere, Glenn. Yes. Another member of the Hart Foundation. Yeah, Jim Nidart's back. Nidart out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, Nidart comes out of nowhere. He wails on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Bret Hart gets his crutch and he hits Austin, knocking him off the stage all the way to the floor. I think this was the first time this was done too, when they knock somebody off the stage because it can be. It was like I remember when it happened it being a huge deal. All right. I've just see. I've just been looking at the the thing from this. Um, apparently, Jim Neidhart's return was because they kept on advertising that there was going to be a big six man tag match, and Brian Pillman attacking the Undertaker last week actually re injured himself and can't wrestle. Oh yeah, because Pillman isn't in that match, is he? No. I just thought about that. You're right. You're right. I can't wait to watch that pay per view because that's a really good show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the show goes off the air with them taking Austin away in the ambulance, and then they show Brian Pillman kind of staring deeply into the camera, and then he gets, like, a sick little smile on his face. <laughs> so, there you go. Maybe and, and maybe that's the whole reason for these, like, promos that he's doing, so they can keep him off TV and so yeah. he's doing something. Yeah, she... we're, we're dangerously close to the Pillman's Got a Gun episode, too. Like, that's coming. So Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be coming in the next month or two, I think. So that's gonna be fun. But that's it. That's all. Another another very good raw, I thought. Excellent, excellent. Yes. I've definitely got oh. thumbs up on that one. Hundred percent. Well, that's it. That's all. Me and Glenn have been talking for an over an hour because we did the show before this one. Uh Glenn, I'm gonna say who do you need to plug, but you don't need to say it again because I'll just chop in the plugs that you did from the first show. All the usual suspects. I think they found a bonus episode of uh, Unbooking yeah. the Territory. 
Yeah, like NWA Wildfire or something, and it yes. was Bob yes. Sapp is involved, who's another yep. MMA guy. Yeah, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, as you, I'm booking the territory, DC and Dot, uh, the Bang Bang podcast with Andy, and of course, for those sci fi fans out there, it's the Doctor Who podcast with Danny and Sai. Glenn, if not, there's anything else you've got to say. I think there's only thing one left to do, and that's for you to say goodbye. Goodbye.